You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and this is my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I hang out with fellow musicians, and we talk about their lives, their music, and most importantly, craft beer. This is the first interview that I conducted for this past weekend's Heavy Montreal. It wasn't conducted on site at Heavy Montreal, but it was actually a part of the Heavy Enville, which is something that Heavy Montreal does the Friday before the festival. They have a bunch of shows in town and not on the Heavy Montreal site, which is off the island and on a separate island called Perjain de la Peau. And this uh, was actually took place at Turbo House. It was an event. It was Holy Grail and Striker together. I actually conducted this interview at Saybuck, which is one of the best tap houses in Montreal. And I always uh, choose to go there when I'm in that area because they just have the best beer on tap. And I love going there and I'm never, ever, ever disappointed. So here it is. Episode number 46 with Dan Cleary of Striker. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Dan Cleary from Stryker. That's me. How are you doing, brother? Uh, what's going on? Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, how you got into music and all that. Well, we're just on tour right now and uh, with Holy Grail and Bewitcher. It's been really good. We've had a, sort of a series of a couple tours that have been really fun. We did a, a little run with Death Angel in the States. Then we did Steel Panther in Canada, which is hilarious. And then, Unfucking uh, believable. Yeah. Everything and was sold out, I saw. Almost all of it, but like there were some wild shows. It was, uh, it was great. And then... Um, Getting into music, uh, I think I uh, I started as a guitar player, so I, that was sort of my like in. Where I wanted to play guitar for whatever reason, thought it was cool, and then uh, sort of that led to metal. Did you grow up in a house full of musicians? No, but my parents liked music. Like they were, my dad had like an old acoustic guitar he had like from way back that he like bought from his brother when his brother didn't want to play it or whatever, and then that got handed down to me. And that was my guitar to play until I could prove that I would stick with it until they get me an electric guitar. It was, it was same old story. What, what would be the song that you proved your father? Oh, man, like, uh, the first song that got me, like, really in, into guitar was the riff from uh, Money for Nothing and Chicks for Free by, uh, was that Steely Dan? Or, or I, no, no, it's Dire Straits. Dire Straits, Dire Straits yes, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want my MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that song. It's when a great I, I riff. Like it's still a great riff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What would be the soundtrack to your youth? Like Will Smith, probably. <laughs> like, depends how far back we go. Yeah. No, I mean, like, what music was playing in your house so that your parents were Oh, into? it was like Rolling Stones, I think, was a big one. And then um, uh, Bare Naked Ladies. I don't really like Bare Naked Ladies, like, personally. I think, I don't know, it's just not my style, but I listened to a lot of it as a kid, so... They're solid musicians. They are. They are. Absolutely great, solid, man, solid musicians. We just got delivered a delicious beer. We've had it on the podcast before. I tried to not order it, but I succumbed once again. I forgot to mention we are at Saint Buck, which is an excellent, excellent brew pub here in Montreal. Probably one of the best. And uh, I have drank this here before with Gabe Sieber from the Kennedy Vale. And now we are drinking it now. This is Boreal du Nord-Est's IPA. Chomping at the bit Cheers. for this. It smells tropical, fruity, amazing, juicy. It's uh, super hazy, nice, very opaque. It smells amazing. I didn't smell it. I just drank it. <laughs> Smooth. 
nice. It's almost dank a bit. It's a bit more like bitter than I'm used to it being, actually. Second sip. The bottom of the keg? <laughs> Maybe. It's been around for a while. <laughs> I was mentioning that it's uh, just became the number one beer on the IPA section of beer, ratebeer.com. Yeah. Let's talk about beer. Um, are you a craft beer enthusiast? Yes. Um, I'm a beer enthusiast, although I am very bad at keeping track of what I've drank. So okay. I'm just like bulldozing my way through every type of beer <laughs> and never keeping track of it. Unless there's a few that stand out. Um, there's a few like favorites of mine. Like uh, I really love Airdinger. Airdinger? Yeah, Airdinger from Germany. And um, we were just talking about that. La Herbe de... Herbe de Detourne. From that me on that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. yeah, that one's really good. Delicious classic uh, Montreal beer. And then um, one of my favorites is the uh, Amnesiac. Um, Phillips Brewery makes it. It's like a big bottle. It's yeah, like I don't know that. Double yeah. IPA. Really, really good. What would be uh, your go-to style of beer, your favorite style of beer? If you had to pick one and only drink one for the rest of your life. Uh, I'd probably be IPA. I agree. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Unless it's wintertime, and then maybe I'd say a stout. Yeah, to be honest, I like I like every type of beer. I just don't love sours. Because it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't taste exactly like regular beer to me, so it's kind of like outside of the realm of... It's it, Personally, it took me a long time to get past the fact that it sort of tastes like bad grape juice or like... Yeah. Bad grapefruit juice, <laughs> yeah. let's say. It's like I've had spoiled beer that tasted a bit like a sour, and I'm just kind of like, oh. <laughs> this sour is delectable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember we went to, uh, we recorded in Nashville with uh, Michael Wagner, who did like Aussie and like a bunch of bands. It was just totally crazy. They had this bar in Nashville called the Flying Saucer, and if you you get like a card, and you log like how many pints you've had of all the hundred, they had like a hundred taps or something like that. It's like a, like a like a member's card? Yeah, yeah. So you, like, when you pay your bill, you, like, scan it, and then it, like, logs all your... Uh, That's fucking cool. That's a great idea. Oh, man, it, it was the coolest bar. And they, uh, after you got to, like, a certain amount of pints, you get, like, a, you get, like, a plate on the ceiling, and then if you drink even more, you get, like, a different colored inside of the plate. So it's, like, like a, a smaller plate, plate. And you get, like, a big, like, a different color. And then they'd have, on the wall, they had, like, all the... Uh, the different like amounts that you could get so it's like the red one was like 2,000 pints or something like that believable. and there was only like a few of them and they added you get your name on it and a quote like whatever kind of quote you want so that you could see like people who had like drank at the same bar with like three people would have like a quote that was all one oh, in yeah, a that's, row that's so cool yeah. uh, and we were like we did the math and we're like okay we're here for this many more days and we just found out about this place that's 15 pints a day and then we can get our name on a thing and we, <laughs> we had like one second of like if we drank like five in the morning and five in the afternoon and then five at night we could like yeah, but I, I like the way you guys think <laughs> we're like maybe we could do it but yeah I heard through the grapevine that you guys have a, an association with a brewery from Alberta. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, Yellowhead Brewery was doing um, an artist program for a bit. Um, sadly, it's no longer available. But what, what, what was that like? Uh, how did that uh, go? Down? It was great. So we did like um, a charity event for them uh, every year while we were sponsored, which ended up only being one time that we did it. But uh, they gave us. 
It was uh, five free kegs a year. Holy shit. And then, like, uh, unlimited growler refills. So really? It, yeah, and it was funny because they gave it to a bunch of bands, and you had to come in and write your name down on, like, a list of, like, okay, like, what, what band are you in, what, you know, all this stuff. And it was, like, only us. Like, all the other bands were, like, <laughs> we're not too well behaved. Yeah, yeah, we're like, no, we got to get in there and get that free We, we don't want to take advantage of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, every day. Our buddy, like, uh, guitar player Tim was, like, in there, like, every day. Anytime, anytime one of your friends yeah. would have a party, they'd call you guys oh, and yeah. say, could you guys get us some beer? Get the keg. What yeah. kind of beer is uh, Yellowhead Brewing uh, making? They, they mostly did, like, a lager. That was their big beer. And then they did some other stuff, which was pretty good, like a Saison and stuff like that. But You mentioned that you're from uh, Edmonton before we started recording. What is the craft beer scene like in Edmonton? It's really great. Actually, uh, this this company here, this is our new sponsor. Oh, C- awesome. C- C- Brewery out Tell of me about that. Yeah, uh, and they're uh, the the guy who was working at Yellowhead. He, the one who like sort of started the uh, artist program. He decided to start his own brewery, so he left and did that. And now they're gonna hopefully start that again. Oh, the artist we'll program. More free beer, Fucking right. Yeah. Which would be sick. <laughs> at least while you're on tour. Yeah, I mean, like, unfortunately, like, we need like a bigger. You need like that Paps Brewery sponsorship so you can actually get it out on the road. But yeah, you know, at least at least uh, they can give you some products so that you can stay well hydrated while you're out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would be an absolute horror story that has happened on the road? Horror story. Oh man. Just like the worst is our van breaking down. Like we had one van that was just like constantly breaking down on multiple tours. It's just a, a disaster. Like it's it's the most frustrating thing because it it'll only ever break down on a Saturday or Sunday when, when you it's can closed. never ever yeah. get it fixed. There's no one around, so yeah. And That's then you the miss worst. then you miss shows, which are Saturday and Sundays, which are the best attending shows. Yeah, it's the You're worst. not selling that merch <laughs> that you paid for that's sitting in the back of the van. Yeah. Fucking annoying. We yeah. have a we have a van. Uh, it's sitting in Lebanon, New Hampshire. It's been sitting there for like two years. We it was like uh, I can't remember what it's called, like fuel walked or something like that. So it's just like immovable, and uh, we got it towed to a mechanic, and the mechanic's like, it's gonna be a thousand bucks to take it apart. A thousand bucks to put it together because it's something with the with the engine, and we're like, okay. Uh, and then they're like, and then if we have to fix stuff, it's going to be more. And we're like, well, we can't even we can't afford to like take the time to figure this out. So we just like rented a van and just left it there. We're just like, fuck it. He's not calling you. No, he probably scrapped it. And just yeah, took some pieces yeah, for, sure, think, yeah. for sure. For sure. What would be a dream tour? Oh, uh, probably, if you haven't already done it, probably with Maiden. That's fucking like right, the, man. That's yeah. a, that is that band Raven Age or whatever that's playing with them. It's like, damn, I'm fucking jealous of those. That could have been me. Goddamn. Who do they know, man? Who do they know? But what is the moment that you're most proud of in your career? I don't know. Um, I'll probably have to say we we opened for Metallica. Fuck off. Really? In, in Edmonton, two nights in a row because we won like a um, when they were doing the small club thing. No, when they were doing uh, a fucking arena, thing. they were filming the through the never no way thing, and so they did like I think they only did five shows, and they were like to practice the like the filming and the show. For yeah, that. of course. So yeah. it's like this big production thing, and uh, so yeah, they played two nights in Ed- 
Edmonton as part of that. And uh, we got like selected uh, through a radio station in Edmonton to open for Metallica two nights in a row. Unfucking believable. Did you get to meet them? Yeah. They were super fucking cool. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. man. And like, I got, a, I got a great story about that too. Because uh, the first night, because there was so much stuff, we didn't get like a dressing room. So we were sort of like on the floor behind the bleachers and just like setting up and like we're like we're happy whatever to be dude, yeah. Yeah, any that will stay outside who yeah. cares? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh luckily that was sort of in between like where you come in like where the artists would come in and and their dressing room so they would they like didn't really have a choice but to walk past us and we're like standing there just like hey what's waiting up to, like, talk. <laughs> but they came over there super nice and um so yeah the uh the next night Lars came over and he's got like a newspaper from the night before with like the review and he's like check it out guys like they mentioned you yeah yeah we're fucking right that's amazing that's sick do you have a copy I don't Uh, I mean my parents do probably there you go there you go they're the historians my my dad does the same (laughs) and then uh, so he's like what are you guys doing out here and we're like, oh, there's no, there's no dressing room, uh, you know, because all the stuff. And and we're like, uh, yeah, like it's fine for us, no big deal. And he's like, he's like, well, that's kind of like fucked up. It's like you guys are open for Metallica and you don't have a dressing room. And we're like, ah, eh, it's fine, man, don't worry about it. So he leaves, and uh, our other buddy Ian, who was in the band before, he's since moved on, but uh, he was standing over by somewhere else. And then he comes walking over to us, and he's like, I just heard Lars. Like absolutely chew the the big production manager out about how we didn't have a dressing room, and then right after that they came over and were like the 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 production guy, like the main dude for their production crew, was like, "I'm really sorry, guys. We're gonna clear some stuff out of this room back here. We're gonna get you thing." They got like a cooler full of beer for us and stuff like that, and we we're just like, "Man, fucking that is Lars Ulrich, yeah, dude, fucking right." Yeah. I, I wanted to hear that. That's amazing. Yeah, Cheers they were super Lars. fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> what would be a misstep that you'd like to take back? Probably uh, learning how to sing a little bit better before I start touring. I don't know, because <laughs> like, man, how are you? How are you handling that? It's it's been a lot better these days. I like sort of getting getting into like what I need to do to like make it work for a longer tour and stuff like that. But like, I got sick on an early tour and just like ruined my. So like, sometimes that was you so can't bad. get around it though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were touring in Europe, and uh, I just got like that brutal kind of sick, sick cough with like phlegm that you just can't get rid of, and then it, and that was like so many shows in a row and just couldn't shake it, and then we were supposed to go in the album, uh, into the studio to record an album right after the tour, which I'll never do that again. That's hard. That's in. Yeah, because it's just like your I've been saying the opposite. I've been, for for death metal for Crypt Jobs. Yeah, I'm saying the opposite. I want to go straight into the all warmed up right after because my voice is way better uh, when I'm using it every night versus when I'm at home. Home doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't funny. know. Maybe yeah. it's different, different styles. Maybe, it's but yeah. just wear and tear yeah. <laughs> in the opposite direction. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I had to actually, I couldn't record in the studio. I had to wait like a couple months before it was like back to where it should have been. So the good thing about the voice is that it typically always tends to come back. There's nothing worse than being on stage, yeah, and you're doing what you normally do. There's nothing, more. and it's just not happening, dude. It's the worst. That is the worst feeling, absolutely. It's like my 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 nightmare. I've had I've had a few shows like that where it was like I feel like 
I swallowed like a bunch of bees and then you're just like oh this is the worst and you're just like you you can tell the crowd knows you're in a shit mood and you're just like ah you get into that spiral vortex of shit and <laughs> yeah. shame yeah, and, it and then it's hard not to and it's, worse. Like, it's hard not to drink more beer because you're like, man, I guess which is like, like you have to do the opposite yeah. and actually just sleep, yeah, and shut the fuck up and rest your voice. That's the only thing I found that works is uh, lots of water, lots of sleep. Everything else is kind of, I don't know. How do you approach oil. doing vocals before a gig? Do you have a routine? Do you warm up? Mostly, to be honest, it sounds really stupid, but I just drink a couple beers and like do a couple little like lip trill type things like that kind of I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be helping you with your warm yeah, up exactly. right this now. is a perfect interview for me because <laughs> I'm playing in like an hour or something it's beautiful like, yeah. beautiful what do you guys have coming up next uh, well our drummer just quit holy shit no so, way so uh, we're gonna go home and uh, but he's on the tour yeah he's, he's, just, just, he's yeah, announced he's, that he's yeah okay yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys uh, have put that on socials yeah okay yeah. he's had enough Kay. he's ready to go and I've been ripping it's him am- I'm try- amicable yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's our guitar player's brother. So, I mean, they st- they live together and stuff, so it's pretty amicable. Yeah. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so any, been, any of you aspiring drummers out there? Yeah, yeah. If, uh, you, know, you, feel, you feel like you got the chops, <laughs> yeah. uh, send me an email and I'll shoot it over. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been ripping them every night. So if you've got a, like a, something good I can rip them with. Um, last night I said he's quitting to... Uh, oh, you're saying it on stage. Yeah, I've been saying <laughs> that he's uh, going to clown college. That was last night. And then the uh, the time before that was um, a school janitor, you know, <laughs> just like different careers that he was leaving the band for. And then the big punchline is he'll be making more money doing that. Yes, Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner's <laughs> um, Brazilian wax therapist. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much. Come and hang out with me. Thank Drinking you, man. A pint. We're going to keep hanging out, but not with all you. All right, cheers. cheers. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. Uh, You know that I love that and I really appreciate it. You know, dropping three episodes this week, a bit intense, but, uh, you know, I got a lot of content that I want to get out to all you guys and I have 18 episodes to share. And uh, honestly, if I was, I was thinking about doing two a week, as I mentioned last week, I think that, you know, if I drop two a week, this would continue for the next nine weeks. And I have a lot of content that I want to get out to all you guys and girls. So I decided uh, to up the ante and drop three episodes a week and really uh, just uh, share all this great content with all of you. I have to give a huge uh, shout out to John Asher. Uh, the publicist who hooked me up with Dan Cleary. If it wasn't for him, this episode wouldn't have happened. So a huge uh, shout out to to you, Asher. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great week, a great weekend. And remember, enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.